Hey, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Night Rewind. I'm here with Randall McDonald. And I'm here with Brian Paradise. We're here to talk about Season 46, Episode 7 with Jason Bateman and musical guest Morgan Wallen. So what did you think of this episode, Randall? I loved it. It felt like a SNL episode that was normal, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like, this felt like just a mid-season episode. It feels like what it was, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the big historic event has already happened. The The president election has uh, happened and been decided. And so now we're kind of, we were shed of celebrity cameos. We didn't have a single soul that did not belong to the SNL cast in this episode, aside from the musical guest and uh, the host, which was great. Yeah. So we got to have those folks. And we really got to see more of the the cast members, especially getting into the kind of featured players as well. So I, it was yeah. just nice to like see more people. Yeah, and this is what we've been wanting. I think last week and the week before that, we've just been saying we just want to see who the cast is. Absolutely. And we got to see that. And kind of with our kind of predic- predictions that we're already starting Christmas. We have two more December episodes, but there was a, already a fair amount of Christmas present in this episode, the first week of December. Yeah, yeah. And it was the, it was a great it was a great show. It was a great episode. Yeah, I think so. So we started with the uh, cold open. This mm-hmm. took the form of here's hey, you know what crazy thing happened this week? Uh, here here's it here it is again. Mm-hmm. What I liked about this one more than anything, was the return of Cecily Strong. Yes, I was just going to say this, too. That was the highlight. Was her? She was almost a celebrity that was making a cameo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she has not been in any of the previous six episodes. And I saw a little bit on Twitter when the woman from Michigan that was slurring her words with kind of the messy updo was getting some attention mm-hmm. on, on social media from these video clips that emerged, that there was people saying, like, can't wait to watch SNL this week and see Cecily Strong do this character. Wow, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, hear I saw about like that. a few different people that that commented that because basically this actual human was very similar to the girl you wish you hadn't started talking to at a party, <laughs> right? Starting with at a party, and so it was. I'm so glad that she was there because yes. I just. It could have been Heidi, it could have been Chloe, and they would have been fine. But it was like a Cecily Strong character mm-hmm. that she got to do, which was very cool. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Chloe and Heidi, they both got to do strong characters in this cold open as yeah. well. Yeah, so we had um, Ego, Wodum, and Mikey Day on the dais as the Michigan State Senators, and then... Kate as Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. and then new girl Lauren as um, Ellis, who's his like secondary person. Uh, and then they brought in their star witness, which was Cecily Strong, as the the messy kind of drunk blonde lady. And she was really doing the girl you wish you hadn't started talking to at a party. She yeah. was drunk and doing malapropisms. That yep. is the character. And that is also what this human being <laughs> was doing in this, in this uh, hearing. And then you brought, there was another witness, uh, Heidi, Chloe came in later in the sketch as Nicole Kidman from The Undoing, Yeah, which is not a thing that I've watched, but apparently Me neither. Uh, some members of the SNL writing staff had. Um, and then, 
Oh, like one of the valid propisms that I liked from Cecily was um, she signed an after David. Yes. As opposed to an affidavit. <laughs> she signed right after David signed. Yeah. It, so that means it's it's real. Yeah. Uh, we have Beck as the My Pillow guy who is a like a proper oh, yeah. maniac. Yeah. This sketch featured more uh, cast members than all, this whole season combined. Yeah. And they were doing their what they're strong at. That's what I also liked. You had Chloe doing an impression. Yes. You had Heidi doing a character. You had Cecily Strong bringing back one of her characters. Even Kyle and Pete show up at the <laughs> end of this as angry. As like proud boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I, I think it was a very strong cold open and just under 10 minutes, 9 minutes and 36 seconds, I think. Yeah, I think that like the because the, the problem with our current moment in history is so much of it is uh, beyond parody mm -hmm. that like watching Cecily do a slightly broader version of this actual person is like less effective. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I yeah. think that like, you're not, it's hard to parody somebody that is already a parody. Yeah. But that said, what I think I agree with everything that you said that like all of our cast members got to do what they are good at. So that is a step in the right direction. Yeah. The next thing is like, a more novel premise for this sketch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even uh, Ego got to do what she's really strong at. Yeah, Ego is... just got <laughs> to give side eye from yeah. the dais. And uh, but you know, I think that like Rudy farted on a microphone, so they had Rudy fart sometimes. Right. Um, they had they went back to the Borat thing with his hands down his pants. Right. Um, like I think that Kate's been better as Rudy in other places, but I do agree that like in total this was what we want yeah yeah um i later in my notes i just wrote cecily exclamation point i was just so happy that she was there uh yeah. and then another one of her malapropisms was uh that was a fraudulent fraudulent <laughs> erector it still gets you pregnant yeah that was very funny. <laughs> so then we get to the monologue with jason bateman i was expecting him to i was expecting this to be a host that had cast members crash the stage. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. So we're still seven for seven with people doing this on their own. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it was a strong monologue because it was just Jason Bateman. Yeah. I uh, He came out and when he did the joke right away about uh, who here is, uh, has gotten the vaccine? Oh, nobody? Just me? All right. Uh, I was like, that's him in every movie. Yes. He has a line like that. <laughs> yeah, I think he really, by him telling a story mm -hmm. that... Because he's a comic actor, he is not a comedian, right? Like right. In, right. And there's a difference. Yeah. And so he's good at delivering comic dialogue. He's got good timing, but he's not... I mean, like, I know that he's a creative presence on Ozark, but, like, he's not Eddie Murphy. Right, right. So I think giving him a story to tell in a funny way is, like, that is perfect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the story was a true story that he even showed a clip of, of of him and this monkey from the first time he hosted. Yeah, I thought that that was a good... Uh, I was waiting for them to like actually show the video, and I think it was good the way that he told the story was he really got some details in before he showed us reality, which I mm -hmm. thought was really good. And it like matched. Uh, it wasn't like he made something up, but I like that he told a story that maybe um, attested credulity, and then he was like, here you go. And the thing that I noted about the video 
And I wish he would have said something about it. Is it's it? like, Rachel Dredge That's what seems I was, very concerned. She is so scared. And I was like, ah, that was the first person I noticed. And then he said that nobody cared. And I was yeah. like, no, there was a huge reaction. Yeah, a, a line added where like nobody uh, cared but Rachel. Yeah. I think it really fits what you see. Because he takes a step back and starts laughing it off. She is horrified. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, we last time I think we had said we weren't sure if he had hosted before, and I will allow myself to be mistaken because it hasn't been for fifteen years. Yeah. So that must have been back when he was promoting Arrested Development. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Dodgeball, that kind of mm -hmm. era. I can't even. I I don't remember that episode at all, and I'm sure I saw it. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. I'm sure I did. That would have been when I was in college. Um. But yeah, so it was like a nice, relatively short story. Uh, I like that he uh, added the detail of the monk. He like had this like great moment with the chimpanzee. Oh, yeah. And then it was destroyed later that night. I yeah. thought that was very cool. <laughs> and it was my choice. <laughs> but that was a good detail. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny. And then when he kind of throws to uh, the stick around, we'll be right back. He also implies, he states that the monkey is still alive. Yeah, yeah. He's Yeah, the chimp is all right. Yeah, just in case you were actually worried. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's yeah, he's just himself and he was good and that's what you want in a host. He is a uh, very reliable and what I liked about this episode is that he was a strong host in that he was central in basically every sketch. He, mm -hmm. was, he was involved in basically everything and he was a key player. He was not shuttled away. And like some jokes at his own expense, which I was very happy about. Like I um, I think that you could gauge from the audience reaction, like the cold open was okay. The monologue was amusing. Uh, mm -hmm. and, but the, but his work in all the sketches was very strong. And, uh, like aside from like one sketch, no real returning bits, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of sketches. Yeah. So the first sketch is the only returning bit that I'm aware of, which was the sleepover. Yes. So, uh, this is from when Adam Driver had hosted. Adam Driver was the dad with right. the girls at the sleepover and somebody um, makes a mess and then kind of basically destroys the house trying to clean it up. Um, so this, the girls are at the sleepover are Chloe, Heidi, Ego, and Melissa. Like, hallelujah, Chloe and Melissa are in a sketch. Yeah, yeah. Because that has not always been the case <laughs> this season. Um, they don't do very much, but just putting them in there makes me happy. Yeah, and they had lines. And they had lines. Again, not many, Yeah, but whatever. So this one is basically, uh, this is a good sketch because uh, it kind of exists in your mind because mm -hmm. he describes this kind of horror show of like uh, period stain, attempt to clean it, period stain somewhere else, attempts to clean it, destroying different aspects of the house uh -huh. in, in doing so. Um, and then kind of after he does the initial description of the the period stain, we get Kate, who's kind of worse for wear, uh, having, with we, uh, we assume that she has been the one that's been trying to clean this up. Yeah, yeah. Her hair is straight up. She's got suds and bubbles all over her. She's obviously the one who did it, but she's very a very confident young woman who's like, come on, guys, someone just speak up. Yeah, this is a great Kate character where she gets to play this kind of um, low-key kind of 
um, kind of nonchalant character. Yeah. Um, which I think is a good mode for her. Like, I love, even though, like, I'm not super into, like, the gross-out aspects of this, I love her performance in that she um, is very confident with adults, mm-hmm. which is, like, a, a weird, specific kid thing. They're just, like, some... 10 year olds that are really good at talking to adults. Yeah. Uh, and then I really like when she just kind of like walk, kind of crosses in front of Jason Baseman <laughs> and back kind of casually. Yeah. Kind of encouraging her friends to own up to whatever Come they on did. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it, it also was a very strong sketch for Jason. Yeah. He's just such a good straight man and he delivers these ridiculous lines and playing off of Kate McKinnon and not breaking once. I yeah. mean that that's hard to do for anybody and he pulls it off wonderfully. Yeah, I think that's basically his brand, right? Yeah. I think you see more of him as a as a actor and um performer doing more stuff on Ozark. Mm-hmm. But through arrested development, that is his job. He is right. the one sane bluth who is nonplussed by everything. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but I like, there's some great specific details where Kate talks about, yeah, we all have the same period and starts talking about these like horrendous side effects, including yeah. <laughs> speaking in tongues. Uh, also like the, um, the, the detail that the house is a rental, like he just yeah. wants his like security deposit anyway, back. Yeah. And I need to explain to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, uh, that Kate is also turned like into Jason Bateman's character. Yeah. That like, yes, I want to sleep with you and your wife. <laughs> yeah. It's a 50-50 toss-up <laughs> about which way I'm going. Which uh, I, I, I like the idea of Kate playing an adolescent homosexual character. Yeah. Which is cool. I, I think that was very personal to her. Maybe at that age, she was like, I, I don't know, you know, I want to try this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like the more we, like the more that is normalized, like yeah. especially when we were talking in previous weeks about older episodes, mm-hmm. just the amount of gay panic that existed on the show and just having just like this very like non like salacious detail. Yeah. I thought was very cool. Yeah. And saying, I mean, they even say at one point she says monster tamp. And I was like, yeah, that, that would be a punchline in another one. And like, it wasn't really. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah. She's like these big tamps. Yeah. Uh, this actually reminded, have you, have you seen the Tim Robinson Netflix? I've watched like the first couple episodes. There is one episode where this hot dog truck slams into a a warehouse, uh, like a men's warehouse, and everybody's like, who did this? And he's in a hot dog suit. And it's pretty much the same. It reminded me a lot of that sketch where he's like, come on, somebody speak up. (laughs) One of you guys drove this hot dog truck right in. And I was like, oh, okay. So I wonder if there's a... Because he was on SNL as a writer, if there was maybe... Some guy who helped him with that. Some, and like, cross pollination. Yeah, yeah, and just didn't realize. What I liked about the end of the sketch is that the girls basically do, like, an I am Spartacus, where, yeah. like, every girl has apparently done this. Now, we get the idea that the, the biggest mess was clearly done by Kate yeah. based on her, her costuming. But just the idea that, like, all five of these girls had some kind of uh, period stain accident was a nice detail because I... I in general, don't like punching down, right? Like, let's all identify the weirdo yeah. and then make fun of the weirdo. I yeah. like the idea that, like, Kate... Who, it, it might be the case that Kate tried to cle- was actually trying to clean up and, like, didn't have any stains and it was all these other girls. But right. the, the idea that, like, all of them are, like, somehow culpable in this, I thought was a nice way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then just her character being honest, that character would never admit it. 
You know? Yeah, yeah. True so, to the character. Yeah, too. she would be like, well, yeah, I didn't do it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I did not need the visual effects thing. Oh, at yeah, the at end. the very end. That was kind of weird. No, it's like either make it look good or don't include it. But yeah. You don't need the wide of like the house <laughs> with like the suds. Yeah, that like, was very weird. It feels like somebody had an extra 20 grand they needed to spend and they <laughs> decided to do it. Like it just did not benefit the sketch at all. No. So uh, the next one was a little ruined for me because I made the mistake of looking on Twitter this morning. Um, so I saw that there was going to be a Stan sketch. Nah, this is my favorite. Oh my God. It was so good. Yeah, Talk yeah. to me about it. So uh, it starts off with Santo, who's Jason Bateman, with his three elves, uh, Beck, Mooney, and uh, Chloe Feynman. Yeah. And they're each reading their letters that kids have written to Santa. And when they get to Beck, he's like, this letter is a little bit weird. And uh, it pans down into a musical parody of the Slim Shady song, Stan. Yeah. Which... uh, Pete Davidson pulls this off perfectly. Oh, it is so good. It, it is so much like the original music video, and it's just funny. It's, yeah. it's all about how he wants a PS5 for Christmas. So here, okay. <laughs> so this is our third video game-oriented sketch of the year, right? Uh-huh. So we had oh, yeah. the Tony Hawk one that uh-huh. went with Chris Rock in the, in the, in the season right. opener. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we had the... Super Mario 35th anniversary one that went into just like general trauma and this one. And so like, I, it's not that like I'm a nerd. Don't come at my stuff. But if you're, if you're going to come at my stuff, do it in this really interesting way. It's like, yeah. so what is, cause, uh, I am currently one of the lucky people in the United States that has a PlayStation five in his house. And that was because of like, very aggressive pre-ordering the day that you could do the pre-orders. Uh-huh. But since then, I've been trying to like help other people get them. Uh, just completely unsuccessful. And like, I, like I'll go on the different websites when they say they're releasing, whatever. And they kind of allude to that in this song. Yeah. Where it's like not being able to successfully go to walmart.com and get the yeah. stuff. So like, I'm confident this is another one of these things where like an actual SNL writer really does want a PlayStation 5 yeah. and can't. <laughs> and then they create this great uh, parody. How old do you think this song is? Oh, man. It came out in like the late 90s, right? I, I just looked and I, I just feel so old. It is 20 years old. 20 years old. So it came okay. out. The Marshall Mathers LP was 2000. So 2000. that was when I was in high school. Okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Let's have a moment for myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, so this is something that is a classic, right? Yeah. And its execution is so good. I like that they used um, Kate as Dido. Yeah. Uh, but I like that they used Bowen as Elton, which yeah. is like a weird specific cut. Because I think on the Grammys or something, there is a performance that exists of Elton John doing the Dido kind of lick. Yeah. Like yeah. Hook. So that was like a very cool, specific choice. Yeah. And like Bowen's not much of a singer, but, and he's kind of doing an Elton John impression, but like it's great. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Let they, Bowen do it. 
and, and again, uh, just executing with what everyone's strong at. Yeah. And, and they did a really nice job with this. Yeah. And they do, like you said, they do a good job of uh, parodying the, the, some of the elements of the video. The only kind of lyric I wrote down was, I drank a fifth of eggnog, now dare me to drive, drive? which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the Paul Blart line, too, where he yeah. said, I'm looking around Walmart. And then I'm looking around the mall like Paul Blart. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Blart. it, it takes, goes some interesting directions. I, I like that it ended kind of how the, the music video ends with uh, Santa uh-huh. dismissing him. Yeah. Uh, and then it really ends with actual Eminem. Yeah. So I guess we did get a cameo uh, yeah. from a celebrity. But if you're going to do one, this is the way to do it. Just oh, great. a small little... Surprise and uh, yeah and and the button of this joke is that Eminem got the PS5. He's like, I didn't even ask for this. Thanks, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> it it took me a moment because uh, Mar- Marshall Mathers, Eminem, Slim Shady, whatever you want to call that human, yeah, uh, j- just looks like me now. I guess he's just got like brown hair and a beard. <laughs> so. Dude, and he's like, isn't he in his fifties now? Oh well, that's another thing I can Wikipedia as we're talking, but uh, yeah, it was surprising to see. It took me a moment to go like, "Who is this?" Oh, oh yeah, like it is actually Eminem who just like decided to show up. Uh, Eminem was born in '72, so he's 48. He's 48. Yeah, so like close. He looks great for 48. Yeah, like he. Uh, but just that fact that he would come in and record that real quick is. Or record that remotely. However, they did it was very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that that was a great sketch. Yeah, great parody. It that one's I think so. Uh, tangent. What I like about the genesis of this is um, two of my favorite multi-part episodes of um, South Park are about console launches. Okay, so they've one back when the Wii was coming out. So like in two thousand and six, where. Cartman desperately wants to get to when it comes out. Like, he just can't wait. Uh So he creates a time machine and ends up in this, like, weird dystopian future in which they're, like, like this race of dominant otters that, like, um, ride other other creatures, whatever. It's like this weird... So he ends up in this weird interspecies war uh, because he goes into the future and, like, still uh, can't hook plays the Wii because now they don't have the technology to, like, connect his old video game console. Uh, And then when we're the PlayStation 4 Xbox One launch, they did a big like Lord of the Rings style multi-part episode where the boys like faction into who's getting PlayStations and who's getting Xboxes. uh, And they all, they want to decide about what they're going to get. So because they need to all be on the same platform so they can play together. Uh, So I, I like the idea that like, People that take this stuff too seriously, myself included, yeah. can then create that like a very creative outlet to kind of express that. And the yeah. idea of like, uh, and especially now that like standing is a verb, like right. I stand whomever. Yeah. So the idea that like this thing that's become part of the nomenclature in a way that like some people probably don't associate it with that song. Right. Yeah. Um, to have the idea that like stan stands a PlayStation 5 yeah. and will go on this like weird like <laughs> rampage to get a PlayStation 5 just like feels very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was like a re- really great execution, very creative, great in performance. Everything, yeah. And just the 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 difference, the dichotomy between 
the Santa's workshop and then yeah. we're in Stan's basement. Absolutely. Like you don't know you're going there, which yeah. I thought was really yeah. cool. Um, so the next sketch is uh, the kind of outdoor kind of cabaret singers. Oh, yeah. With uh, Bowen is the, the host of the cabaret. Jason uh, is <laughs> wearing like a face shield behind a, a, a keyboard. And then Cecily is this other singer. And basically, they're kind of talking about like what it's like to be a live performer in an era of COVID protocols where they're, uh-huh. they're outside, they're under heat lamps, uh, and they keep on doing this in the round version of Happy Days are yeah. here again, which is uh, great. Yeah. So I, I was, that's kind of it. Yeah. It's like a single premise, but it's executed really nicely. And Cecily is such a great singer. Yeah. The, and, and, Bowen Yang, he's way better in this than he was as Elton John. Indeed. But uh, this sketch isn't funny, but it's entertaining. Like, yeah. I, I had a smile on my face watching them. And I was like, this feels like just a classy sketch. Yeah. Like, I could see this coming back in six months, mm-hmm. potentially. As like, a, But I like the idea that, like, Jason is having some problems under the heat lamp. And mm-hmm. his, like, keys are sticking to his <laughs> hands. And then they get to sing this uh, kind of... Uh, and I forget the origin of this version of Happy Today's Are Here Again, but yeah. it's kind of like a uh, kind of ballad version of this song. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's sweet. It's a good showpiece for Cecily. Uh, Bowen is featured, which is always good. Beck's on for like two seconds as like a server in oh, this yeah. outdoor restaurant, but he like did not need to be there. No. Uh, but yeah, it was like, there's really not much to say about it. It was just, you know, uh, one of the lines I pulled out was... Um, Jason says that Bowen Yang's character is trying to achieve herd immunity in the cabaret community, just like on his own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you and I are both kind of live performance uh, performers. We're, yeah. we're kind of musical theater guys that like to perform in front of people and haven't in nine months. Yeah. And so like part of that just feels real true as somebody that doesn't get to perform outside or, or get to perform. And if you do, you have to do it outside. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not the same, but you try to pretend that it's the same, and you try to <laughs> yeah act like everything's fine. Yeah, I did a I, I played acoustic guitar outside of a vineyard for four hours here in well, just outside of Tucson. So it was like fifty degrees and windy, <laughs> and I was under a heat lamp that only occasionally the the wind blew in the direction where it would carry the warmth to me. Oh, yeah. So it's just like outside in the cold trying to entertain people for four hours. Yeah, it's not ideal. But you you didn't you pretended like you were inside the whole time, just killing it, didn't you? Yeah, I I just tried to strum real <laughs> fast to keep up my my warmth. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I I thought that the sketch there was a nice back and forth between the three characters. The singing was amazing. Yeah, and it just was the sketch that it was. They didn't overdo it. They didn't underdo it. They didn't go too long. No, I mean it was nice and short and. Amusing more than it was funny, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just want to smile. Yeah. So the next one, it felt... I watched this one with my wife. She came in kind of after the cold open. And this one, she just was laughing her butt off because it was it felt so true. And this is the, the Christmas conversation. Yes. Uh, FaceTime sketch. So this is paired up as uh, parents are, I guess, mother and daughter, is uh, Lauren... Uh, with her mom is Heidi, Ego her new her mom is Punky, and Kate her mom is Chloe. I'm sorry, Kate is the mother of Chloe. Mm-hmm. 
And basically it is those three characters, Lauren, Ego, and Chloe, via FaceTime, explaining to their parents why they can't come home for Christmas. And their mothers are just uh, hyperbolic and awful, and it's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're awful in different ways. Yeah, uh, somebody talks about throwing uh, the stocking in the fireplace. Uh, I think it's Heidi. Yeah, yeah, Heidi. And then one of the other lines is, uh, "If you don't love me, just tell me." Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> that kind of like cutting, passive aggressive parent stuff that like everybody can relate to. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think uh, Punky's character actually does get very mad immediately. Oh yeah, it's not passive aggressive. <laughs> That's true, yeah, because uh, Punky is at the in the kitchen cutting vegetables and just starts gesturing with her knife. Yeah, yeah, and and I think everybody's kind of experiencing this, so it's a very relatable sketch. Yeah, and I time. like the way that they bring in the two dads. So Jason comes in as uh-huh. the spouse of <laughs> Kate and does a like a, some of the like, please look at what you're doing to your mother. Yeah, does that while. Keenan is just like, oh, that makes sense. And yeah. then like realize he's out of step with Punky <laughs> and then has to like just like just tell me what you want me to say. Yeah, yeah. Just I'll say whatever you you what is gonna make you happy. And and also just that whole premise too, that they're quarantining so it's safe. They're in separate rooms. Keenan and, and right. <laughs> Punky are in separate rooms. So you can come over. And it's she's like, No, it's the travel that's yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, the somebody makes a, a point about like, oh well, how about if I fly to you or yeah. whatever, and then what if I get in a plane crash? I think that must be Kate. Yeah, that's and Kate. And then uh, Chloe's like, that no, no, you also <laughs> can't fly. Yeah, and then I think towards the end of that, they invite someone who's a first responder to their house without masks on. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, we're cool. Yeah, and then uh, kind of Chloe's kind of apoplectic, kind of mm-hmm. beside herself. Uh, and then the thing I like about it the most is um, so kind of it escalates whatever and then we get a title card mm-hmm. that says someday soon we will all be together um and then you know merry christmas from snl yeah but that was very cool because someday soon we will all be together is from uh have yourself a merry little christmas yeah. so i thought that was like cool where they like appropriated a song like a christmas song lyric to kind of express their sentiment yeah because that is a song that i've been listening to recently uh as of Black Friday, it is officially Christmas in the Paradise household, so we've bit a lot of Christmas music throughout. And that's a song that, as it comes up, that's like a very appropriate sentiment yeah. to uh, our current moment, where, you know, like, things will be better, we will all be together when, when the fates allow, and um, so it talks about, like, kind of being wistful for the past and hopeful for the future, and I think that that's a really cool sentiment to express in this sketch, even, you know, while also with the reality that many people are having to explain to their parents and their loved ones, uh, no, mm-hmm. we are not doing the holidays together because it is best for you and me. And I thought what is is very relatable, at least I know that my parents do this and I think a lot of parents do, the parents just switch and, and, and they're just like, all right, well, you know that we love you. Anyways. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I should have taken a, a, a step back before that. Before we get to the title card, yeah. all three of the sets of parents kind of go back to saying, like, we love you, we miss you, we want to see you soon. Which yeah, I think was, that's why we want you to come to our house, right. it's just because we love you. It's yeah, not. It, and I think everybody that has interacted with their parents like that in the last six to nine months kind of feels that way, too. That yeah. It's like it's, it is out of love, but it's also, you know, sometimes parents use inappropriate tactics. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we were talking about this, I think, earlier when we, in some of the earlier podcasts, but just about how when SNL gets 
heartwarming and sentimental at the end of a sketch. It really is powerful and it and it can really hit home. Yeah, this felt earned, right? It, yeah. All the the interactions felt like something that you may hear from your parents. And then certainly the way that it, it closed with 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 kind of kindness and, and love. And then SNL kind of using the song lyric to kind of further express that I thought was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Really good sketch. I liked it a lot. Uh, the biggest surprise of the night is the Morgan Wallen sketch. Yes. I love this thing. Yes. So um, Morgan Wallen was supposed to host, or supposed to musical guest when Bill Burr was the host, I don't know, two months ago. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that he was seen on TikTok at a party, and his invitation was rescinded, and we got Jack White as a musical guest, which was awesome. Great, yeah. Uh. To Morgan Wallen's credit, at the time, he went, man, shouldn't have done that. Totally understand SNL's decision to uninvite me. I hope I can be there sometime soon. And like kind of Lorne or kind of NBC, somebody basically said, we look forward to seeing you. Mm -hmm. And that allowed for him to be the musical guest this week. So like he handled himself well and his publicist and everybody basically went, we messed up. We understand the consequences of our actions. What you gonna do? Yeah. A lot of people in that situation would have taken to social media, taken to their publicists and gotten mad at Lauren and SNL and screw NBC. And I don't even want to be there anyway. They could have yeah. like really made it negative. And he just like didn't. Yeah, he took full responsibility, and it says something about his character, I think. Yeah, and Morgan yeah. Wallen, who is a person I don't know from Adam, like I did not know at all, yeah, other than he know. was like a country singer that I had never heard of when we talked about it before he was going to come on, and then he handled it in just like a low-key, I own my actions kind of way, and then they wrote a sketch about it, Yeah, and it is incredible. Yeah, yeah, again... It's so awesome that he had a good, he was able to take the crap that he was getting thrown at. Yeah. And like, it's not one of those where like he walks on to this sketch. He is the first <laughs> person on set and raises his glass to no consequences, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Chloe comes over, which again, more Chloe and all the sketches is good. Yeah. And she's this crazy girl who's going to make out with him and then post it on her Twitter, which I guess, is that how he It was on TikTok. So it she's like, uh, okay. he's like, no, no, no social media. And she's like, okay, just TikTok. And then like winks at the camera. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know why I care about how old this guy is, but he's 27. So a okay. relatively young dude yeah. who ended up making a very mature choice. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, closes Barfly, wants to make out with him. And then uh, you see a puff of smoke and Jason Bateman walks in as Morgan Wallen mm -hmm. from the future. And they kind of look alike, I guess. They do a good, a you know, it's bit. one of those like, how much of this is like a wig and a costume? And so they're in the same, I mean, Morgan Wallen has a mullet. So yeah. J J <laughs> Bateman's in a mullet wig and the same costume. Yeah, and doing a, a Southern accent. Doing a twang, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he just kind of warns him that this is this is a bad decision, decision, and he should leave right now. Yeah, and then uh, Morgan Wallen's character asks, uh, or Morgan Wallen uh, asks future Morgan Wallen, Jason, "Oh, what's COVID? What happened?" He's like, "Oh no, 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 no! I'm just here from a month in the future." Yeah, but at the very, like, this is just like, uh, you know, like. 
whatever month it would have been. Like, oh, it's just October. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we get the sense that, like, Jason's Morgan is going to do the same dumb thing, and they're going to, like, hang out and, and yeah. party, whatever. <laughs> and then we get another thing of smoke, and it's Bowen as yet another Morgan Wallen from two months into the future. Yeah. And I like this choice because you could have very easily put Mikey Day. You could have put uh, Beck there, you know, as this as a Morgan Wallet. But they go with with Yang, and I yeah. just think it's it's hilarious. Yeah, and what I like about it is that they use it to to basically say like, "Hey, I'll tell you about my skin routine uh, because I've it's made me even better looking." Yeah, They're kind of basically <laughs> saying that like Bowen is the best looking of all of them. Yeah, and then uh, there's a, a good line that. Um, that Morgan Wallen has talking to Jason is like, oh, you're only from a month in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What happened? <laughs> you know, because Jason, yeah. Jason Bateman is a handsome man, but he's also a handsome man in his fifties. Right, right. And then when Bowen shows up, he's like, oh, two months. What? What <laughs> happened? Yeah. Uh, and they also talk about. Uh, oh, uh, Morgan asks if like somebody smoking. He's like, no, 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 that's just normal time travel smoke. Yeah. And that (laughs) leads to another joke when Pete enters in kind of the same outfit. Yeah. And we've we've been set up to expect that he's going to be another Morgan Wallen. Mm -hmm. And we'd have to account for his height and whatever. And he's like, no, 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 I'm just another guy at a party that was just just high. Yeah. That was that was weed smoke. (laughs) That's supposed to time travel smoke, which was very, very cool. It's just a cloud of weed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, classic setup setup twist. Yeah, it was just like a nice construction of the sketch. Morgan Wallen gets to tell some jokes at his own expense. Jason Bateman gets to tell a joke at his expense, kind of admitting that he is older than twenty-seven. Uh, and then uh, they, we get the idea. We we learn that he's going to be able to go back to SNL, and he's like, "Well, there just aren't that many people willing to fly to New York right now." Yeah, which is also like a very <laughs> good line and something that we've talked about. Yeah, especially when we weren't sure. Who was going to cover for Morgan Wallen last time? It's like there's only so many people that are willing to either get to New York or that are in New York that are going to be on SNL. So I thought that was like a nice specific, you know, this is the world we are currently in kind of thing. That there's only so many people that are willing to do air travel. And I'm sure that's true why he was selected again. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that like, again, I think that uh, Lauren is a, a smart guy and mm-hmm. he saw somebody make a mistake and then do the right thing and that's something that's worth honoring. Yeah, yeah. And then do a sketch about it. And then do a sketch about it. Which it's so great. great. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that they addressed it. Yeah. Um, and then he sings uh, a few lines of a song called Focus on the Future. Yeah. Uh, and then it, the last line of that song is he was given a second Yankee chance which is like a very cool way of Kind of expressing that, that yeah. you know, he was the, the, the folks in New York allowed me to come back. Yeah. And yeah. No, it was just so surprising and so well executed. And uh just he is he is absolutely coming back. Mm-hmm. He was that confident in a sketch. Yeah. And was able to kind of be self-effacing. Like that guy is coming back to SNL as, as a musical guest in the future. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he's a good sport about the whole thing and you yeah. like to see that. Yeah. Uh, as a musical guest, he sang two songs seven summers ago and still going down. They're country songs. They're country songs. Yeah. They're fine. Uh, his <laughs> his uh, outfit in the second uh, song, I was just like, this guy's really country. 
Oh yeah, his, like with his, his his mullet and sleeveless flannel. Yeah, just tucked in too. Yeah, tucked, tucked in. I was like, oh, you got more country from the sketch. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, the, the guy in the sketch was just wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, I am not in his target demo. No, but you know, he's a hundred percent himself, and yeah. I'm sure if you're a big fan of him, you you probably love seeing him. Yeah. Like. Uh, I wasn't converted or anything. We'll talk about that yeah. in the wrap up. But I, I am, I was very happy with like his both his sketch performance, which could have been a disaster, but was yeah. great. Yeah. And then t- two very capable musical numbers, just not tunes I was terribly interested in. Yeah. Um, we get into update. Mm-hmm. Um, they refer to. Um, yeah, the recent losses uh, as and closing advent cal- doors on advent calendar of losing for yeah. the um, <laughs> Trump campaign trying to overturn the election results. And uh, I like Joe's, I like Joe's sentiment. That basically, like, you can tell me whatever happened. You can, I'll believe anything you say. Yeah. So long as you leave. Yeah, and he does the "you is kind." <laughs> yeah. He was born, but you is got to go. Yeah. What is that from? It is from the help. Okay. Yeah, with uh, Emma Stone and uh, Octavia Spencer, and it's a great. Okay. Great film, but yeah, I, I haven't I haven't seen it, but I knew that that was like something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Vi- Viola Davis, I think, is in it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I just wrote a, a couple of uh, jokes down where they're talking about the the first people to get the vaccine will be the guests of Colin and Scarlett's yacht party. Oh that yeah, was very funny. <laughs> just Che, uh, you know, continue to swipe at Jost. Um, yeah. He also said that he's on a white person show, so he might actually get the real vaccine. Yeah, which I thought was a, a nice sentiment. <laughs> um, and I forget what the punchline of this was, or what the, the this punchline is associated with was um, that Donald Trump's price uh, for Jared Kushner's uh, pardon is one night with his wife. Oh yeah, which is. His daughter. Uh, his daughter, yeah. And they just <laughs> showed a picture of his like, daughter. I don't know. It, it, it felt true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they've, uh, again, strong jokes. Just we can update. They're killing it. Yeah. And they're following that that format of political. Someone, yeah. And then they do like a little guest and then they go back and they do like a bunch of random. Yeah. Like, like get the get the topical stuff out of the way so then we can just figure out like what we pulled out of a random like Google news search. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about Pete's uh, correspondent piece. I love this. Yeah. I love it. Uh, he comes out and he they're talking about the Stat- Staten Island uh, protests. And uh, there's some great lines that Pete has. But eventually he, he talks about how he's just excited that he's not the worst thing about Staten Island. Yeah. And then he starts talking about how there are uh, new uh, vibrators with his face on it on Etsy.com. Yeah, you can buy you can buy one with his face on it for fifteen dollars, or one without his face on it for twenty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, it's just Pete doing his Pete thing. Yeah, stand up. I, I like that he made a call back to Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, so that's an interesting note. So kind of like things that have happened over the last three weeks. Yeah. So in uh, Chappelle's monologue, he talks about how. Um, his Chappelle show is being streamed on two different services, Netflix and HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. And he is not getting anything for those. Yeah. Um, and then after, like a week later, uh, Netflix pulled it. 
Yeah, because of a stand-up or a thing that he posted on his Instagram. Yeah, so he uh, basically there was a yeah there was a video of him on doing a stand-up uh, special something. Like yeah, he was just out doing his stand-up. special thing. Yeah, and he was saying like, if you if you like me, don't watch it because I'm not getting any money from it. Mm-hmm. And so Netflix, at his request, took it down, which yeah. feels like a nice altruistic thing. Yeah. What it probably is is they need him on the hook for his Netflix specials that he's doing, and it's more important. To them, that he gets that revenue, they get that revenue from him, than whatever they're getting from this eighteen-year-old comedy show. Right, and you're competing with HBO Max too. Who else? Right, and it's on two different services and like whatever. Yeah. Um, but Pete talks about we're basically like he's not getting anything off of these vibrators, (laughs) just like Chappelle's not getting anything off of Netflix. Right. Um, so that was kind of a cool kind of coda to the the last new episode. Um, and then. Uh, he had this great line where basically he said something to the effect of um, these guys in Staten Island are saying are comparing their inability to drink <laughs> indoors as um, the Holocaust. And that's awkward for them because that means that they actually have to acknowledge the Holocaust. Holocaust yeah, I've never been to Staten Island, but it seems like a rough place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really does. And uh, he's talking about how they drink at Little League games all the time. Yeah, clearly they like drinking outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like somebody dropping into a good Boston accent, and I liked when he was saying <laughs> that, like, you are embarrassing us to the point where even Boston, people from Boston are saying, stay at home, you queers, which yeah. I was very cool. Um, and and then he talks about his uh, It's Wonderful Life thing, and apparently all the animosity he's been getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are hating on him for that, and he said... All, and he doesn't know why, because he has the skin complexion of a black and white movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, it's funny because if you, he's talking about like, this is just a charity thing. It is, he, it's not a remake. If it right. was a remake, I would agree with you. Yeah. But it's just a nice thing I'm trying to do. He's got a similar high pitched voice to Jimmy Stewart. So it's not like the worst audio casting right. that you've ever imagined. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, I really do like that he can mix the kind of like authentic to him as well as just the absurd and him just going like, I just try to do this nice thing. Yeah. How about you just let me do this nice thing? Yeah. And he also talks about him being like uh, notably depressed. And it's the story of It's a Wonderful Life. It was about a person that attempts suicide. I mean, commits suicide, just happens to be saved by Clarence. Yeah. So like, it is a pretty dark story. Let the guy do it for charity. To help people. Yeah. Yeah. And then... uh, he, as they were kind of cheering him off, he s- yells, Biden won't get over it. Yeah. Which that was great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 he's great. Uh, a couple of the middle weird jokes that I, I pulled out was um, <laughs> uh, uh, talked about uh, a rare beaver moon. Yes. That joke was underrated. Yeah. Which is, even Chase said that. He's yeah. like, that was a great joke. Weird beaver, beaver moon, which happens after about a month after a waxing moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a great joke. And then the 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 horse joke with the um, Arby's, we eat the horse, which is very funny. That joke was, I laughed so hard at that <laughs> joke. Yeah, well, I just like that they they cut to <laughs> the the kind of the the screen yeah. with the art the actual Arby's logo, and then Keenan doing the uh, we have the meats, but we have the horse. We was the this horse. the sponsor? I mean, it's the real it- logo. Or I mean, is it I didn't the PS5 see... maybe was the. I don't think so. Any... No, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um... <laughs> this, I love it even more if this is the RB sponsor. I mean, I think who knows? Uh, it's but they cleared both of those things, right? So yeah. like, either way, they either cleared 
or paid for or got paid to use those logos, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you can't use PS5 without their permission, especially with the box. Like, you actually see it. Yeah. And same thing with the Arby's logo. Like, somebody cleared that. <laughs> like, that was allowed to happen. What's the, what does he call it, though? He says, like, a sewer septic horse meat or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like a... Uh, because horse it was the, submerged in septic is also the name of a the sandwich. Arby's, like, beef and cheddar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel uh, attacked. I love Arby's. Um, so funny. Uh, then to, to round out our correspondent pieces, we get Heidi as Bailey at the movies. I love Heidi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great character. Uh, great premise again. Uh, she's so good at being an awkward teenager and she's good at making it awkward, but still funny. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Because she does a good job of expressing that. Like everything is mortifying phase of being a teenager. Mm hmm. Because Chase says these innocuous things, right? Like, it's nice to have you back. Yeah. And she takes it as, like, this weird, awkward, this grown man missed me. Weird. Yeah. Um, what's funny about this, and uh, I was telling you before we started recording that I recently saw my sister. And mm-hmm. my sister is a few years older than me. She's got teenage kids. And she was saying that they've been watching old movies. And uh, my nephew... Um, because have expressed that like there's some movies that are kind of evergreen and great, and some of them just are real weird upon rewatching. And I guess my sister and her kids watched The Wedding Singer, mm. and according to my my eldest niece and nephew, uh, her her oldest kids, it just does not hold up because there's a lot of like gay panic, trans jokes. There's that whole kind of. Uh, character that only sings Boy George songs, oh, and yeah. that actor is now out as being trans. It's oh. an Arquette that uh, is trans. So, like, it was funny, like hearing that like two nights ago, and yeah. then seeing this sketch where the what she gets from this is this kind of um, real move towards representation in a, in a place where like a current teenager might not be able to accept. Um, for uh, Tom Hanks playing a mentally disabled character. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, she And she keeps going, uh, you can't do that nowadays. Yeah, exactly. And it was basically, that, and that's uh, es- essentially what my nephew was expressing to yeah. my sister. It's like, is this one of your, like, doesn't hold up anymore movies? Yeah. And that's basically what she's talking about. That it's, um, <laughs> I just like, uh, she talked about super old movies like Forrest Gump, which is like from 94. Right. So that is a 26 yeah. year old movie. <laughs> um, and also, um, the fact that she only knows Tom Hanks from David Pumpkins is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She has no idea who he is. And, uh, one of the, uh, with Forrest Gump, didn't Tom Hanks mimic the kid that he was playing? Yeah, like so the accent he yes. he took from the kid, which is funny because then Heidi thinks that the kid is Tom Hanks. Right. Well, basically, like <laughs> he's doing the voice of the of the the young actor. Yeah. Um, who has a specific drawl because it was easier for him to mimic the actor than the kid to mimic him. Right. Right. Um, but he is playing somebody that is mentally. Handicapped. He is playing somebody with a with a cognitive disability. Yeah, and you can. And I like that she describes it as like he should have cast an actual Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> which is almost more wrong to say it like that. Yeah, um, and then 
American Beauty, you can't do that anymore because of the plastic bag. Because that's what was bad. Yeah. yeah. And Che says, because of Kevin Spacey, and even both of those, isn't it about an older man falling in love with a teenage girl, at uh, a senior in high school? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that oh is uh, Kevin Spacey's character really wants to get with Mina Savari's character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love American Beauty, and I and I used to love Kevin Spacey, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but I thought that was interesting that that's yeah. that's what she got out of it. Yeah, and then um, the fact that she was like turned on by Buffalo Bill and the Signs of the Lambs is amazing. Yeah, but yeah. his dance is fire, and he's uh, he's a dog lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she again it's a set of set of twists there's these things that are wrong yeah. with this movie but then this serial killer movie he's great with sewing too she yeah <laughs> she well, <was. laughs> and i like that she the we almost take a step out of the scene a little bit where she's talking about um that she is just so tired and she's running on fumes because she and K- che wouldn't know because he's never in any sketches right so like <laughs> yeah and and snl's not even on netflix so that's bad yeah, God, that was so funny. Uh, just, like, just uh, I am sure those are things that teenagers believe. Oh I, yeah, I think it's great. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, I I love her so much. It was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so after update, we get uh, the mall Santa sketch in the the kind of bubbles. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mike and Melissa, our parents, uh, they go to uh, the mall to have their kids see Santa in a kind of COVID-appropriate way. They have one of those like weird iPad on a sticks that's set up uh, as the elf with Kyle, who I, looks like is wearing the same makeup and costume from the film sketch. Obviously, they're not the same day, but he was an elf in the stand sketch. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming he's also done up in the same way. You see him on the iPad screen. And then you have uh, Jason... Bateman as Santa, again. Yeah. Two-time in that Santa. And then Cecily as uh, Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. More Cecily. I love good. this. Yeah. It's a, it's funny, too, because I was just telling uh, at the theater that, that we work at, uh, I was telling a friend that that's what they're thinking of doing at our theater, at, at our diner, is having a Santa Claus in a globe. And, <laughs> and we were talking about how like ridiculous that is. And then they do a sketch about it. That is so cool. And I was like, uh-oh, that's exactly what it's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah and it's it what I, I was so impressed by is how the, how good the physical comedy was cuz yeah. both Jason and Cecily are asked to like tumble in these like balls and there's no wires there's I'm sure there's some kind of padding but they're just like they have to roll themselves forward and like Heidi is the first one that we kind of lose and yeah. her her ball seems a little too small, right? Like she, yeah, she's like, like putting her. her head hand on the ball to like expand it a little bit, so because her hat was like flopping, I think in front of her face, yeah. And she's got baked goods, and in her first tumble, she like has to both fall forward and put a cupcake on her face, yeah, to make the other jokes work, yeah, which is amazing, yeah, yeah. The the accuracy to get that, and then when uh, Bateman, yeah, falls. He, he gets his nose bloody, which then I'm like, he had to have done that himself. And yeah. that was a clever way to do that. Yeah, it's, it must have been that it was in his hand the whole time or somewhere yeah. where he could, when the camera was elsewhere, to kind of put it on his face. But it looked good. Like, it was very well um, rehearsed, I would imagine. Uh-huh. And the fact that both of those actors felt that comfortable putting them themselves in that 
I mean, they were fine, but like yeah. having those kind of physical comedy chops to both like roll forward, roll back onto their podiums. At yeah. some point, they like have to roll towards each other. At the end of the sketch, they're doing like a family photo and they like roll over Mikey Day. Yeah. It was like very cool. Yes. Who knew that Cecily and, and Bateman were so good at slapstick? Yeah. Oh, God. It was so cool. But the other thing that is so impressive about this, because as they're doing this, I just kept thinking about how they're not looking at the cue cards. No. And like even when they get up, like I thought like, okay, you would have to locate like where the cue cards are. And they're like saying the lines like backwards. and. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think there's one point where I notice Cecily kind of looking out of the corner of her eye. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. For the most part, as they're like flopping around and like giving these great details about like they're, uh, they're separated, but they're living together. It's complicated. Yeah. Like the, and their kind of acting careers and how far they have fallen to be Maul, Santa, and Mrs. Claus. All that while not really looking at the cards. It, it was so good, I did not even think about it. So that was very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to Jason Bateman and Cecily. Yeah. And our uh, last sketch is a filmed sketch. Um, and it is Kyle, Beck, Pete, Mikey, and Chris. They're watching football. And... Uh, Kyle, duh, they're, they're all kind of like riffing on whatever kind of joke that they make. And then Kyle uh, has some weird non sequitur, essentially, about um, a grenade, grenade launcher and burritos, whatever. And they don't get what he's talking about. And then it cuts to like this song about how he is bad at keeping the joke going. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I, I thought it was very funny. Um <laughs> Just Kyle always does like sketches like this where he's just so awkward and so good at playing like just the guy who doesn't get the joke or like any of those like Kyle Mooney backstage type of things. Yeah. He's he's just so strong at it. And this felt more relatable too, I think, mm -hmm. because I think that the idea of like you're with some friends or maybe you're less comfortable with and you're tr you don't really know what makes them laugh. Yeah. Is feels real like, yeah. you know, in a way that maybe some of his other bits feel a little kind of cooked up. Like this one really felt like, yeah, I think yeah. I felt that way too sometimes. Everyone's been there. And and just this cut to, uh, well, that's like the joke is cut to, but yeah. the, <laughs> but cutting to like this like fantasy land yeah. music video about. Well, and I don't know what like the main one was, like him in the garden, yeah. but him in the room with the window is the losing my religion video. Oh, when he's like shirtless, like yeah. that is from losing my religion. <laughs> so I, that leads me to believe the other one is also a 90s video yeah. homage. I just couldn't track it. Yeah, I couldn't track it either. But it was very funny. And then the button of it is also funny. He does a cut to me doing a cut to joke. And yeah, everyone laughs. he wins them over and, and he's uh, then hero. he ruins it. And then it leaves because he yeah. spills all the, <laughs> the <wings>. beer. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the the idea. But also like, uh. I don't know why I'm so focused on like kindness, but like his friends are like, it is okay. You don't have to be funny. We like you. Yeah. So like we would rather you not try than be awkward because you don't, we don't need that from you. Yeah. Like, we care about you no matter what. We but that like was like you. a nice sentiment. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of it. Uh, we get to the good nights. Uh, I don't recall if Jason Bateman said thank you to Marshall Mathers or Eminem. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Uh, and the only, this is also the place where I've been kind of thinking about how many people, who do, who did we miss? And really the only cast member that we didn't see throughout the episode was Andrew, Andrew Dismukes, new guy Andy. Yeah, uh, we didn't get Chris Redd. 
Chris Red was in the uh, Save the Bit sketch. He was oh, in the yeah, film yeah, yeah. at the very end. That was the only thing that he was in. He wasn't in any live sketch. But we didn't get AD Bryant. AD, you're right. Yeah. She, I just have accepted that she yeah, is she's filming something else. Shrill season two or season yeah. three. She's away. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not like she didn't get airtime. She wasn't in the building. Yeah. So may so we've traded AD for Cecily. Yeah. Which is okay. Still good. So uh, what was your favorite sketch of the night? Favorite one has to be Stu. I gotta go with Stu. Yeah, that it is was, the the stand parody. It was a it was a very well done sketch, and I loved every piece of it. Uh, I I wrote the the Morgan Wallen one yeah. just because of how cool it made Morgan Wallen, uh, the way it was executed, just the genesis of it. Like mm-hmm. I would love to know how we got to that sketch. Yeah, uh, like I, uh, and it execution was very very funny. Yeah. Um, so who's your uh, favorite ready, not ready for prime time player? My favorite is, for the first time, Pete Davidson. Okay. Yeah, he was in a lot. Yeah, he was in five out of the eight sketches. Okay. And uh, I just think he was, he, he brought it, the Stu thing really brought it, got him for me. But he was very strong in the in the cold open as just the yelling guy. He yeah. made me laugh in the Morgan Wallen sketch as the guy who's smoking weed and then his Pete Davidson correspondent piece was very strong. And so he's my, uh, he's my favorite tonight. Who's yours? Uh, mine is Chloe. Chloe. Uh, and that was really, I think just a celebration of how much she was being used. Mm-hmm. So she's in the cold open. She's in the sleepover sketch. She is uh, in the FaceTime sketch and she's kind of the primary person. It feels like in, in the, FaceTime uh, sketch. She's briefly in the Morgan Wallen sketch. So they kind of used her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think she is so great. And I'm uh, I'm just so excited to see her being used more. Yeah. Do you think the more that they use her, the less they will use Melissa Villasenor? Because they're very similar strengths. They have very similar strengths. Yeah. I think they haven't figured out their strategy for... Um, Biden and Harris, and I think that the composition of the female members of the cast is going to be predicated on mm, that. Yeah, I could see Melissa fading away and then finding somebody else. I could see Melissa. We've talked about that before. Yeah, um, potentially taking over the the Kamala Harris stuff. I think that they're trying to be more um, accurate with racial and ethnic representation. So maybe yeah. they wouldn't use her for that, even though she probably could do it. So I, I think time will tell. But I I think that. Um, that uh, Chloe and Melissa do too many of the same things, yeah. and Chloe does them better. Yeah, as of right now, what I'm seeing is that Chloe is market correcting Melissa via Senor. There can yeah. only be one of them, and Chloe's better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think that Melissa ha- has been given a lot of opportunities and hasn't capitalized enough on them. She got a correspondence sketch that was only okay. Yeah. She was in the the sleeper sketch. She had one line and it was fine. Yeah. So I she think was in the Santa Village one too. Yeah, but like as a straight person that barely said anything. With a mask. Yeah. So that's yeah. a tough beat. Um, are you buying tickets for Morgan Wallen? This is hard because I'm not a very big modern country fan. Uh, so I don't think I would buy his album, but I think if like, if somebody was like, hey, I'm going to go see him tonight and I have an extra ticket, I think I would go. I, I liked his, he's just, he seems like a good guy. And I like that. I think, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. That like, I don't, his music didn't do anything for me, but uh, he might be, and I know this 
could not be true. But he might be the kind of cat that during his concerts tells some stories and kind of yucks it up with the crowd and the band. Yeah. And I could see that. Yeah. And, I, and that I would be there for. Yeah. Uh, and then you're watching the next Jason Bateman thing. Oh, heck yeah. I just yeah. finished watching uh, on HBO Max The Outsider Yeah, with him, which is amazing. He plays more of a serious character in that. I tried watching Ozark season two, and it had been so long since Ozark season one that I, since I had watched it, yeah. there's like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> like, basically, I needed to basically recap the whole first season because there's so many characters and so many yeah. relationships. And they, that season two premiere, they do not hold your hand at all. No. So it's like, I need to, I don't want to rewatch Ozark season one, but I need to like get a primer yeah. on like everything that happened and then move forward because I really do like him. And I think it's a very cool show, but it was just like, oh, God, I, I don't know anybody. Like, this was basically meaningless. Yeah. Okay, so next week is Timothy Chalamet and the boss. This guy. Yeah. So uh, what are some uh, predictions for our Timothy Chalamet episode? I think we're going to get a Chloe Feynman, Timothy Chalamet impression thing with both of them. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that before. Yeah. I, she does I agree. a very strong one. And I, th I think that's what she used in our audition, I think. So I think she will use that. I think that that's what we, we will see. I think so, too. I think we might also get um, an Dune HBO Max thing. Right. Oh, yeah, because they're releasing all their movies. Yeah, so Dune will be released on HBO Max concurrently with its theatrical release and will be on HBO Max for a month. HBO Max, give us some money. <laughs> um, so I think that there, that that would be the thing, like that or like Little Women. I, I right. suspect that he's somebody that people don't know enough about other than that he's dreamy. Uh -huh. They might use his previous work to kind of create some sketches. Yeah. Uh, and then I hope that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band does Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. They've done it before, so they might not do it again. But, but it is great. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Randall, for uh, talking to me on, on the pod patio yeah. to uh, talk about SNL this week. If you are liking the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can uh, follow the podcast on SN Rewind on Twitter. I am actually remembering to tweet again, so you might see some things that have happened. Nice. And then you can follow Randall at Fresh Cut Randall uh, on both Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And you're doing some mm -hmm. really fun TikTok things. Oh, so thanks, uh, please make sure you check <laughs> out uh, Randall on TikTok. He's doing uh, some fun, uh, funny uh, comedy bits. <laughs> thanks, man. So, um, some spoofs and goofs. Spoofs and goofs. And then you can find me at uh, Mr. B Paradise on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on TikTok, but I'm a lurker. <laughs> uh, and if you have a question that you would like us to answer or ideas for a future show, you can email us at snrewindpod at gmail.com. We're having a whole lot of fun talking to each other, but please make sure you uh, tell other people about the show because we yeah. think we are doing a good job. Yeah. And we hope you think that, too. So thank you so much for being with us this week. We'll see you next week with Timothy Chalamet and Bruce Springsteen's uh, episode. So see you next time.